When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 789. I'm back from Florida, from the most magical place on on the world, on earth, wherever they say, whatever the slogan is. You don't Did know the my... slogan? You've been there for a week and you don't have the slogan memorized? No. I just, it's just, I was grinding, Ben. It's a grind. It's hard work. What? Disney's like hard walking work. walking from ride to ride? Walking, standing, standing and walking and waiting and waiting. Um, man, do the kids never get exhausted of like, oh, damn, I'm tired. Let's just go chill and hang out at the Airbnb or that hotel was the, room. That was the toughest part. No, that never happened at any point really? in time. Caleb would have road rides from 7 a.m. till midnight, seven days a week if we allowed him to. Just an unlimited reserve of energy, and he was obsessed completely and totally. They are the uh, peak Disney demographic and uh, mm. totally insatiable and would ride anything. They oh. keep those things running till midnight? No. Okay. I, I think Caleb's almost old enough where you could just ship him out. Like, hey, man, go, go get it. Like, what's he, 11, 12? He turned 11 yesterday, in fact. 11. Boom. Yeah. He's, he's ready. Yeah, I'll start ready. He could get a job. At so, uh, when you guys were kids, how early did you go home by yourself? Because when I was in first and second grade, I remember I would go home by myself. It was like a mile, mile and a half, ride my bike. And then I'd have to call my parents and be like, hey, I'm home. I think, I don't, I don't know how much I was home alone. Um, young, probably definitely by fourth third and fourth grade i was i was home alone some um but i was like allowed to like ride around the village of churchville and like just kind of be on my own and do that stuff at probably probably second or third grade once i learned how to ride a bike i could i was kind of like free to go around the there you go around the town so i had a lot of a lot of freedom yeah we used to live a little bit east of Colorado Springs, so we had yeah Ooh, like rough rough neighborhood. Wide no wide open rough. wide open spaces. East that means it's middle of nowhere. It was it used to be the middle of nowhere. Now there's like houses everywhere, but they were oh, building wow. all those houses back then. So we would jump on our bikes. And we would go to my brother and I would like ride to the construction sites, and we would we would uh, delinquent. We would jack all the Pepsi points off of like the, the construction <laughs> workers like 
discarded Pepsi oh. bottles. So we got all the I like, do. I got like a Pepsi chain wallet and like a Mountain Dew hat, <laughs> and, like all oh, this stuff. I knew David Bray had a dark past. Oh I yeah, dude. Somewhere he, back there, he was stealing the Pepsi points. Do you, but, yeah, they were after discarded. You know, they they, they throw the twenty four pack, the box away. I mean, what what they're not they're not going to use those Pepsi points. No, I'm no. going to go in there and right. tear them off. Put them I in my think pocket. this is a great. I think this is a great um, intro to the first topic that I want to talk about. I'm jacking the show right now, Christian. All right, which take, is the, take it away. which is the NLI stuff that just came out yesterday because I think David Bray might be able to save some Pepsi points and get some recruits to his favorite institution. Yes, but this is now been outlawed dang it and outlawed by you are you a, you're a booster are you not well i haven't i said i was willing to do it but no one ever brought me the right person so i never actually did it um but i i actually i don't know i would kind of argue with this that i probably couldn't go recruit them but i actually have a real business that deals with the wrestling industry mm -hmm. so i think i could make a very legitimate argument that like no this this does benefit me and my business in some way shape or form so uh yeah i don't know i don't know if it'll happen so why don't we get into the the particulars yes. of the rule is is a uh, is the long and short of it been the bo boosters are no longer going to be able to be involved with nil deals with athletes right. is that the, is that yeah. essentially what it is yeah, and they're defining booster, and they're pretty much. I mean, guys, we we all knew it was crap, and they're pretty much saying all the all the shenanigans uh, that everyone was trying to pull. They're all out. It kind of just makes a list of, you know, all I don't say all the possibilities, but a lot of the possibilities. Um, so it's good. I like I like it because we all we all knew it was nonsense. Yeah. So you're. It's interesting, man, because you've been very pro for years super pro athlete pro get yeah. paid why do you think this restriction is is important well i i just um because i think the athletes should i mean i think the athletes should get paid what they're worth for things that they can actually do not just because uh some random rich dudes want their team to be good i don't think anyone thought that was positive you know like these collectives they've banned those that we all knew they were r ridiculous and so um I'm pro athlete earning the money that they can earn from a business. Uh, but as far as like recruiting by rich boosters, I just thought it was kind of stupid. And so now I guess the, the debate you would have to have now is, is like my business is like, I own a wrestling business. It could a wrestler promote my business and would it help me probably. Right. And I think other people can make this argument. It doesn't seem though. And it was maybe kind of all, all gray area prior, but it doesn't seem though I could say, hey, if you go to Mizzou, I'm going to give you this deal type of thing, whereas that was a lot more gray prior. Yes. So, I mean, the the, the fallout, though, from this regulation is that, according to this, this article from Front Office Sports, it, there are going to be lawsuits against the NCAA. So uh, yeah. this, this article says the NCAA's goal is to test the waters, according to a Boise State law professor, but this isn't testing the waters. This is finding a shark-infested patch of open water and jumping right in. And and they talked to uh, a couple of different lawyers who are like, you know, yeah, if who, lawyers who are uh, you know connected to these NIL collectives, and they're like, yep, as soon as this goes into place, we're going to sue the NCAA. And and so right. they're saying they're going to sue like them because like our man Frank Ruiz. What was that guy's name? 
The Miami yeah. guy. Yeah, that guy. That Miami guy. This guy, we were, we were talking about this last week. There's this guy in Miami. He has over 100 athletes at Miami on his payroll. And he's like bragging <laughs> about it. Like he's the one that's like breaking news of this this basketball player from Kansas State transferring to Miami. Because like he gave him a $400,000 deal. That's what's up. Like, <laughs> Shout out to Frank. But but so, yeah, I mean, the, the NCAA is going to get sued. And apparently the lawsuits are going to be over like their definitions of the NCAA's definitions being too loose for things like boosters and and oh. things like that. So, um, you know, kind it of does, the takeaway. Me, it does also bring up the point, guys, of like what could and should the NCAA have access to? And then also like the the notion that this has probably been happening in some way, shape, or form for a really long time. Probably not in wrestling because there's not enough money in it, but definitely in basketball and football. Um, like, can the NCAA have access to my bank account? Uh, I don't know. I probably wouldn't give them the password. Can they have access to my cell phone messages? I don't know. I I wouldn't let them log into that. You know, like what 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 do they what do they get access to, and how can they prove things? Yeah, I wonder if there would be something where you have to report the uh, maybe not the details of the agreement, but just like hey, there is an agreement in place with this entity, hmm. and yeah, what the what the money is is maybe not as important as who the or what the deal is with, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yes, uh, yeah. I guess we will uh, we will keep you guys up to date on this, but it, it seems interesting. And yeah, stuff like institutional coaches and staff may not communicate directly or indirectly with prospective student athlete on behalf of a booster NLI, so there can't be any connections made. And NLI agreement between a prospective student athlete and a booster NLI may not be guaranteed or promised contingent on initial or continuing enrollment at a particular institution. An NIL agreement between a student athlete and a booster may not be guaranteed or promised contingent on initial or continuing enrollment. So just like, you know, yeah, they're kind of outlining these things. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they are actually able to enforce them. Yes. So there's there's a couple of things I want to get to that you guys maybe touched on last week, but I didn't get to talk about it a little bit, um, if I may. One, I thought the biggest story out of – oh, look at – you look like Predator right now, Ben that face you know people people freak out when you start making faces on the show i guess they haven't gotten oh. into like that ben's a face maker he likes to make face faces maker. face maker ben sorry um, i didn't mean to distract you no that's okay uh but kendrick maple to me was was i think the biggest story out of the trials and i think him when oh, yeah. you know i think ben you and i both picked him and i i think it, w- it wasn't an uh obligatory pick like feel good thing I, I really thought he probably would because of what I think we saw happen is this is a guy who obviously had really great skills. He yeah. training with a bunch of savages, you know, year round yeah. basically. <laughs> and, you know, that freedom in his wrestling, I think was like very apparent. Like this is a guy with nothing yeah. to lose playing with house money against a field that he <laughs> on a talent and skill level, he, 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 we knew he could compete with at his best day. So he wins the, he wins the open, and you're like, well, you can't, you can't stop. And, and fortunately, he says, hey, I'm going to go to trials. And the, the yeah. interesting thing about it is because Yanni did not wrestle at the open and didn't give himself the opportunity for the one seed, the way the trials is set up, they're, mm-hmm. so for six of the weights, they're going to wrestle the semis of the challenge tournament, and then the semi winners, and then that'll stop, right, after they wrestle the yeah. semis. And then that's uh-huh. final X. So what that does is that makes Yanni versus Joey McKenna a very likely semifinal. And 
what we'll do we know about that? I think we all agreed that we weren't sure how it was going to go. Well, we know that Kendrick is going to be going to go in terms of seating. We know that Kendrick's the one, and I don't see how. Yeah. Okay, and also Ben uh, of no, I don't think Nick Lee's wrestling at trials. I don't think Roman's oh, wrestling at trials. Well, that, that's the person we were debating. Yes, so I don't think Nick is going. How do you, how do you know he's not wrestling? I, I mean, just I was told. I don't think that. That's some rumors. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rumor. Rumor for sure. Yeah. So I, I don't think we'll see him at trials. I, mean, I hope we do. It would be awesome to see him because he could very well be the best guy in America at 65 right now. Oh. Could. He said he's going. Kendrick he, said he's going. No, I'm talking about oh, Nick Lee. Talking about, oh, you're talking about Nick, Nick Lee. Lee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's going to be. Yeah. I know Kendrick's going. So my point here. Is Yanni Joey is now a one match yes. semifinal for Final X. Whereas I think if we were to say no Nick Lee, we would say Yanni Joey is probably the the one and two in in America yes. based on yeah. years of data. Mm-hmm. And so what well what does that mean? Well, look at their best of three last year, right? J- you don't get to drop a match now. If you drop a match, it's over. Yeah. And Yanni lost a match to Joey McKenna. And now that's just the margin for error is razor thin. And then you combine that yeah. with the fact that Joey McKenna looks really, really good and has continually, I think, improved. Imp- he's impressed yep. me a ton. He's a tough matchup for Yanni. Yanni has owned that series, albeit it's been very it's been quite competitive. So now Maple looks like he he'll have the opportunity to sort of moonwalk to the to final X, comparatively speaking, to having to go through who, a, a who Joey. Who would be the number four now since all those guys are in the street? He says Kolodzik um, does. Uh, he killed Kolodzik. Yeah. Kolodzik, I mean, Henderson, Lugo, Parker. Uh, yeah, you know what it looks like. Who else could come out of the woodwork <laughs> there at, at 65? So, you know, it's looking very realistic that Maple could be not only in final X, but he could reasonably be the guy for for the United States, which is crazy um, yeah. because he was retired, not because he's not good enough uh-huh. to do it. And so what I was, was thinking about is like, man, is Yanni going to look back and be like, mm, might should have done the open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, well, obviously we'll see how it turns out and then he'll probably make that adjustment afterwards. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. If that's a huge difference. Um, I, you know, I guess if he loses to Joey, then we'll say yeah. And if he beats Joey, we'll say not a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I guess you know, you if you're Yanni, you basically know you've got one guy you got to prepare for, right? And and yeah. Joey's Joey similarly. Um, the the other thing for me that that like is cast and if if you listen to the show for a long time, you know I pick Yan, Yanni to win basically all tournaments he enters and. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'll probably do the same for, for trials as well. But the one thing that's like in the back of my mind as I look to like make a prediction here is just the momentum of the Pennsylvania RTC and just how mm. – and, and that that's something – and that's interesting because in wrestling in, in USA, there's like – that's not something that is really discussed much about. Like the team dynamic, the team periodization, peaking, whatever, what? for an RTC. You, you, we talk about with Nittany Lion – uh, but really no nowhere else right and well i think but we've talked about this christian how many of these rtcs are real rtcs where yeah. they actually have like a team and that team trains with themselves they're not like college workout extras or college extra college coaches and i don't know i think mm-hmm. the answer is probably le- likely less than five 
Um, the the really obvious three, the ones you can't debate, would be Penn, Penn State, and Michigan. <laughs> um, you know, Cornell's got a lot of guys, but I don't really know how that runs. But like Penn, they have their team. Their team runs separately. They may help out a little bit or have combined practices, but they're definitely their own thing. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. And you just look at the development there. It's like even I mean, Joey McKenna's yes. obviously he's been good for a while, but. Man, David McFadden just won a tournament with Isaiah yeah, Martinez, Alex Derringer, and Vincenzo Joseph. That is just that is just a sentence you just never thought you would say. And as good as McFadden has been, and he was a decent freestyle, he was a good freestyler, right? He's a guy that he beat Isaiah White uh, in freestyle. He's a Fargo champ, I believe. And yeah, but th- that he would win a, a bracket like that, and his style, I never thought was like perfectly catered for freestyle, right? Yeah, um, agreed. But man, has he? F- I mean, he, it's undeniable what he just did. And now, listen, it's Jordan's weight, obviously, and Ringer yeah. and and Imar and Starachi are going to have their say again at, at in Coralville. But I think there is something to be said for the the team effect and just what what Slay and the Pennsylvania RTC are doing. And Joy McKenna, I think, is going to be, you know, really, you know, he's going to be really well prepared, and they're going to have a really solid game plan. The thing is, yes. Yanni can can. He can overcome a lot, and I think he can overcome yeah. that. I think the thing that's so yeah. unique about McFadden is, like, you, you see a lot of times the, I don't know, the, de- the depth guys at an RTC or the depth guys in a weight class, and they're just always depth guys. They're always, whatever, third through six. Yes. They're just, they just never can get to that next level. And and McFadden, that's that's where he's been for much of his career, NCA and everything. He's just mm-hmm. a really, really tough depth guy. Yeah. He even said, like, when he was on the Bader show last week, he's like, man, I had to ask Mark Hall, what do you do on a day where you're sitting in the finals, like where you made the finals? Like, yeah. how do you spend the day? I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm out of college for a couple of years, but I still have no idea, like, what do you, what do, you do on that day? So Mark Hall had to, like, kind of, hey, here's what you do. Go get a workout. Relax. Like, he's, he said they watched, like, I don't know, white chicks or something. I can't remember. But he's like, yes, we watch this. We, we always watch white yeah. chicks. <laughs> I can't remember what show it was. But like, yeah, so. We'll say white chicks. We'll say it was white chicks. He's it's, he's, uh, he's like, yeah, I didn't uh, and I think it was Legally Blonde. But either way, same thing. He's so he, But he's like, I don't even both know. terrible movies. <laughs> terrible. I know, love that you've seen them both then. Did it, did it, like, that's a guy that, that's a guy that does not. I mean, 79 was, was not 65 where. Maybe guys were regretting not being there. Everyone was there at seventy nine. That right? and that's the other thing. It was a it was number one weight, you know, of, mm-hmm. of the trials without a doubt. And no one picked David McFadden to win it. I don't I don't think no there's way. a single human being um, outside of the McFadden household. So that was that was impressive and kind of, kind of go from Kendrick Maple to Joey McKenna to David McFadden. But that that just really stood out to me. Um, obviously. Your guy, Mitchell Messenbrink, was a revelation. Then oh, yeah. I'm sure he got discussed. We talked about this last on... week, yeah. You, but yeah, give us your take. Well, I, I'm just more curious. It's not really. I don't have a take. Um, I mean, the the results stand, speak for themselves. I'm just. I'm more interested in how something like this happens and what the what the process looks like going from Mitchell from he he was a guy who was not ranked to you know a decent portion of his career. Little lower. Yeah, he was like I, oh I th- for for his career, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, now, he's, now he's number one. He now he's number one in the country. Um, yeah. You've kind of alluded, maybe on the show, maybe not, that like yeah, he was b- breaking through. And you talked a little bit about he was a guy who you had to like convince 
about wrestling from space so much or whatever, but what, what did the process look like getting Mitchell to, to that level, I guess? Yeah. Um, I mean, in kind of our entire program, AWA is based around developing kids later, right? Like uh, Clayton Whiting wasn't ranked as a freshman. He's been number one or two now. Um, and it's been, you know, I don't think Keegan O'Toole is ranked as a freshman, right? I mean, I don't, we yeah. just don't get kids ready by that point in time because it's not part of our process. Um, yeah, um, Mitchell just had to make a few different technical developments. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, usually when kids try to add in too, too much new stuff, it's actually kind of like a dip, a dip before you go back up, you know? So mm-hmm. I know Peyton Mako was big like that. Like, you know, when he was doing all this gymnastics and kind of wrestling part-time, he was having like a medium amount of success. And then when he actually committed to wrestling full-time, he actually kind of like dipped a little bit, went down, you know, because he was, I was throwing all these things at him. And all of a sudden, he put them all together, and you know, it went way up. And same thing happened with Mitchell when he was trying to add all these new things to his arsenal. You know, it was like he didn't have great results at Fargo. Um, and you know, those two guys are both tough, right? He lost to Panero Johnson, who wrestled in the finals, and he lost to Kale Swenson. Um, and then obviously, Super Thirty Two again, he lost to Ferrari and Sealy, who both are now top five guys. Also, so it wasn't like he was losing to bums. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, given what he did last weekend, um, and, and then at Journeyman also, right? Because he he beat up Nico Ruiz in like a minute and a half. Um, yeah, it's just been uh, he he's kind of put everything together. It, it all works in tandem, and yeah, he's he's crushing dudes. And so hopefully we can keep that up for uh, trials weekend. Heck yeah! So other big news: Michael Beard quickly found a home in Lehigh. Don't yes. know if this was disgusting. It's man. Pretty freaking great landing spot for for Beard, um, closer to home and in a great great program, great school. The one complication is uh, could create a little bit of a logjam for Lehigh down the road with Rogers going there. Um, how do you see them navigating who, who, that? Who's which Rogers? Caden Rogers. Um, so I I mean I think I think Beard is is. Uh, he's he's better. He's gonna he's gonna be yeah. the guy that wins the spot. Um, so it just means Caden Rogers is probably gonna be waiting for a while. But the thing that makes it more complicated is that Caden Rogers also a Malvern Prep alum. So he's or he's a senior now. So um, you know it, I think it was I think it was probably frustrating for some of the some of the people at Malvern Prep to see. Max Dean come in and and block the spot for Beard and now. It turns out Beard's kind of doing that to a another guy from his same so, high school, and that's a tight program. Like those are, yeah, those people are tight. So I don't know. Could Caden be... Rogers move up potentially? Because um, you guys have him at two twenty. I didn't. I don't really know him all that well. Maybe he was. So he's two twenty, but a lot of that was for their lineup, and he didn't yeah. wrestle a lot this year. So he was a. Um, a little bit, a little bit like the older senior, but he could wrestle in preps. So, so he yeah. didn't wrestle a ton of events. So, their for their lineup, it made a lot of sense for him to be two twenty. But I, I think they think of him as a as a ninety seven pounder. Maybe so Beard's can, got two years or one year left. Three. Yeah. How? Because <laughs> he got three years left, guys. Because the year Michael he Beard's so old. The year he got seventh was a year that didn't count, and that was his first year. Because he had redshirted the year previously. Oh my god! Did he, he grayshirt and redshirt? Yes. Oh, he grayshirted and redshirted, then wrestled, then had a free year. Oh my gosh! He's like in his fifth year of college, and he still got three years of eligibility. Yeah. Although, although did this year? Did this, <laughs> this year counts for him. 
this year was counted then as a second year, right? Or no, no. this was technically his no. first year. Yeah, yeah. Gray oh shirt, red shirt. Gosh. Year that counts, Corona year. Yeah, that's okay. four, he did four years and has only used one year eligibility. This guy should write a book on that. He's a wizard. Yeah. Yes. So he's got a lot of time left. Three years, good pick up there. Anthony Montalvo to Arizona State. Yes, this is a big one. Huge, huge weight of need for Arizona State, who's been really good in the portal. And this is another good pickup for them. Um, and I, I was surprised to see Montalvo leave Oklahoma State, candidly. I think I mentioned that when, when he went in the portal at first. But good fit, good landing spot for him. Um, he you know, does. The, Three years of eligibility left, right? That sounds like a lot, but it could also because well, be it true. says it, it says on wrestling it says red shirt. It says he wrestled. Then the Corona year happened, which he did not really wrestle. He was, on the was bench. Uh, He was two and one, but it was a free year. And then last year it says uh, it has a medical ambulance, which uh, appears to denote medical red shirt. Mm, yeah, so he could have at least two, maybe three, for Montalvo. Yeah. That, that's a big pickup because Arizona State's lineup, the rest of their lineup's really good, and they had these two really kind of soft spots. Um, and, you know, I think they're hoping Kyle Valencia fills one of them. Montalvo could fill another, and then uh, there's obviously been the rumors around Kennedy Monday that he could fill the last kind of like oh, is that right? spot. That's what I heard. Kennedy Monday at Arizona State, wow. Well, he was retired. Yeah. So yes, I've heard, I've heard there's interest there. Okay. That'd be a big pickup. Man, yeah. Um, uh, and then I put Deja. I put I added in the doc Dejan Castro, uh, Castro to Pitt, Pitt, which I thought was a pretty good get by them because he was uh he's tough. He's round at twelve. He's very um, tough out of, out of the Citadel. Feel for so. the Citadel, for sure. Castro, he was a guy at CKLV that caught my eye. You could tell he was tough and probably a, a dude that I hadn't heard of that. You know, had a shot at making it to NCAs, and then he does, and then he beats O'Connor early on, makes mm-hmm. the round of twelve. So good pickup for for Pitt as they continue to try to build over there. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of transfer news. I'm wondering who are the uh, additional outstanding names in the portal that have not found homes yet. I know I think Taylor Lamont is one of the the bigger names. Um, trying to think of any others, but. Of course, May May first was the deadline to get in the portal. So now, the we, we shouldn't see more names going in there. Barring, How long do they have to wait to get back in the portal? Like when does it open again? I want to say it's the fall, maybe. Okay, I feel yeah. like you can kind of just transfer whenever you want now in uh, uh, college athletics. But it's sort of a I weird, weird thing. Myself, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand what the, you know why there's a restriction on it when you can go in the portal, but there is one. Per our interview with Dayton Fix at Pan Am's, I guess we should say, J.D. <laughs> JD got jammed up. He's absconded. Uh, for That's all we gone. know. He and Ismael Barrero are probably hanging out. <laughs> you know, the Barrero thing is so funny. It's, I guess, funny. I don't know if it's funny. But when, when he... When he registered, I was like, why is he going to Pan Am's? It's like, this doesn't make sense because they sent no, like, ones, and then they're going to send their Olympic champion. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. There's Olympic champion wrestling. I was like, no, he's not. He is just – he is there to leave this oh, nation. Okay. So I'm curious. Do you know or do you remember what is the new rule for how long you have to be out before you uh, can wrestle for another Neither, nation? right? 
Is it one or two? I, think it's I don't one, know yeah. for sure. <sighs> it, it may be one. I don't know, though. But you're wondering, Ishmael Barrero, get him in the Greco lineup? <laughs> oh, man. Well, we, I, I don't see why not. Put him why? in there. We got Alan Vera. Yes. That, that, that took some time. Was it two? I don't think it was longer than two years, though. Oh, man. Maybe I put not. UWW transfer rules in. It's giving me University of Wisconsin Whitewater rules. <laughs> I know. It's so annoying. Every time I Google UWW, I get that dang school in Whitewater. Freaking Whitewater. Get your Freaking... head out of your butt and get a new nickname. Yeah. <laughs> a new uh, abbreviation. <laughs> Wait, go go WWU, Wisconsin Whitewater University. There Boom. We go. Change it. Then our Google searches aren't messed up. Yes. Um. Okay. So, yeah, that, that was – that's – Huge news, but yeah, JD is uh, something happened with the date on his COVID test that he's not able to. <laughs> so he had to stay another day. Now, listen, for for all we know, JD made that up so he could stay another day in Mexico. Uh, we don't know. Possible. I saw his Instagram story. It looks like he's having a pretty yeah, good time. He's having the time of his life in Acapulco, as he calls it. Uh, Acapulco. So, Maybe yeah, JD's he, recruiting him to wrestle at Nebraska Kearney. He could do that. Might have just taken a little bit longer. He than might he just tell Ishmael, "This is the nicest place in America. Come to Carney." Oh my gosh, God, you guys got to see this paperwork for the request for international transfers. Are you going to fill it out? To United World Wrestling's regulation for international transfers and interclub competitions, the National Federation of Blank requests the authorization for the transfer of. Then you got to fill out their stuff. We should just fill this out for them, guys. Make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? We're putting this in. Hey. You do. I'm gonna put this there. in the doc. Hold on. Uh, I'll, I'll put this in. Um, hold I see on. It. I'm gonna put it in right now. Okay, bring this up, and you guys, okay. we're gonna fill this out for Ishmael Barrero live yeah. on the show to take care of this. Yeah. Um, this is valid for one year. Yes. Okay. So the authorized wrestlers will compete in international competitions. Dude, we can totally fill this out. Let's just do this for him. Look at this. Yeah. Easy paperwork. This is too easy. We just gotta get his passport number. <laughs> this is no problem. I think problem. we need a Ford to Rich Bender signature on there somewhere, probably. That's fine. I bet we could ask Rich. Rich, what what did you think about a two-time Olympic champ on the old Greco squad? <laughs> um. Yeah. What a. Yeah, he's a certified freak. What Very. a simple paperwork, though. Right? We should be. Able, we should just do this. This is no problem. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna plug him in. No problem. That'll yeah. be helpful. That'd be good. We we could get him. Legitimately, just get him in the roster for the Olympics. Just get him in for Paris. That's yeah. the priority. Yeah, that's all you, you need. The rest of the world's just Olympics. Yeah, we're gonna need to qualify the weight too, probably. Yeah, so maybe by next year. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice if he would qualify the weight for us. Honestly, I would just like to see him continue wrestling, whether he's for America or otherwise. Hey, we missed a few transfer portal guys that are that are gonna be difference makers Uh-oh. potentially. Hit it. Matt Feinsilver's in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Tate Maybe Samuelson's in there. Tate. Right, we knew about Tate. And uh, Yaroslav Slavikuski, he could be a real difference maker. Oh, yeah, Slavikuski. We like yeah. him a lot. And now Barrero. Now Ishmael Barrero. Now Barrero. Get, get him in Iowa State. I mean, that's the that's five years of eligibility. Yeah. He could. Yeah, that'd be, man, imagine that. I don't know if that would go as well as the younger Bastida, but. <laughs> well, I would watch it. I would. I would definitely watch it. Okay. Um, it looks like he has to live here for 12 months before he can be granted the authorization, uh, which is weird because, you know, then how long is it going to take him to grant it? Is this a wrestler who lives in a country and who has resident status for more than 12 months may be granted an authorization of international transfer with 
the framework of the present transfer rules without requesting the permit. Oh, so it's this he if he does it and gets citizenship, then twelve months he does not even have to request permission. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll monitor the Ishmael Barrero Molina situation. Dayton Fix gave a little bit of insight on his weight plans for the future. He's going to. What's up, Giggles? I got more. I got more. You ready for this UWW stuff? <laughs> yeah. The following transfer fee schedule for an Olympic or world senior world medalist 2,500 francs. Listen, I don't know about you guys. With this NLI stuff, I'm reading this. That sounds like a deal to me. Twenty five hundred bucks for Ismail Barrero. That's Hell a steal, yeah, brother. What's the exchange rate on a Swiss franc? I, don't I think know. it's worth more. It's definitely worth more than a dollar, especially now. Uh, it's it's almost it's point nine nine, so it's almost exactly. Oh. Twenty five hundred bucks for an Olympic champ? Hell yeah, that's too Let's easy. Do it. That's like that's like only three bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring it up. I'm poor again. <laughs> Oh, poor Ben. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> Tyler's got the conversion right there. Swiss francs to Bitcoin. Yeah. Tyler, I don't know. He can, he is the fastest Googler this this side of uh, this side of Texas. So, mm-hmm. other topics. Dayton Fix going to stay 61, going to stay at 133. For his, uh, sounds like for the duration of his collegiate Did career. Did you guys Google- tell him about our plan, though? I didn't. I JD didn't think it was the time to tell him that he should go 141 for the team. <laughs> JD, he, he figured John Smith would be thinking about that kind of thing. He said, "Hey, a lot of people are talking about maybe go 141 and then go 65 kilos." It's like literally, just our show is yeah, talking about it. A lot of people are talking about it. <laughs> well, theoretically, we talked about it, yes. and a lot of people listen to the show. So maybe they're talking. And about that it. you know, Dayton's like. Okay, yeah, no, I'm gonna go 133 and then 57 kilos. Yeah, <laughs> I and that's. Honestly, what I would have, I, I never entertained a thought. What, what did I say? They they don't think he's big at all. They think he's a 33, he's a 57. They think that's where he's best. And I, honestly, for the the Olympics at 65, those are some those are some big old beasts there. Yes, he said he de- he said he doesn't want to win he win an NCAA title against anyone but RBY. He wants that RBY match. He's glad he's coming back. Wants to beat him. Wants to go 33. Good for him. Um. Yeah, I don't. He certainly can do it. It's just, yeah. man, that that Saturday night thing. He needs to get. He needs to like rig it so he gets him in like a quarter or something. Semi final. Lose a whole bunch of matches next year. Yeah, yeah. He just needs to like just mail in a couple matches, tank his seed, and then try to rig it so he gets him earlier. Um, not really. Okay, so that's he interesting. Good. Yeah, not. It's not my worst idea. Speaking of weight, Charles Oliveira missed weight at UFC. Oh, we, by, are, we are going to talk about this by All half right. a pound. Well, it was interesting. Someone told me we should talk about it on the on the show, so I said, "Why not?" I thought it. Was, okay. I thought it was, um, an interesting little story. Now it's. I don't know if it's less or more interesting now that he beat Gaethje like soundly and, and submitted him, but. Um, the the idea of missing weight and then having an hour after you miss weight and him not losing weight to me just says he just had a really bad weight cut and wasn't yes. wasn't able to make it and there was just excuses. Um, 
But, but I do get it. I hate the freaking slide scales. I think they're <clears> stupid. I think they're semi easy to. I want to say rigged might not be the correct word, but um, why don't we just do a freaking digital? They're so much better. Like, come on, dude. Well, like the the move is, yeah, the slide scale's cool, because for like the you know I don't know nostalgia of it, I guess. But like, do a fake weigh in on the slide scale. And then, but like yeah. have them do a real one on a digital scale. Well, they, so you do weigh in when you go in the back room, like so they put you in like a staging room and then walk oh, you wow, up the Mr. UFC. Scale. You do what you weigh in on the digital scale. So, and that was there was a few other people saying he actually made it. I wish I didn't see a video or a picture, so I don't want to say he did. But yeah, obviously, if you were to make it there and then miss it on the on the slide scale, hopefully they would rectify that. Yeah, do you think the UFC is like pumped that this dude missed weight? Like that's not good for them. For their wasn't that the main event of the night? <laughs> do you think it's you think the they're gonna event. yeah yeah they're they're gonna want their guys to make weight for the main event? I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is we, the slide scale is a thing you can kind of and you, you can kind of rig it both ways too. Um, yes, or you can like, pull a guy off real quick. Like they did they did that with Khabib, the one yes. time like it was like going up and they just like slid it over. Anyway, thought that was interesting. I didn't watch the fights. So I just got back from Disney. Yeah, that's why I don't know why those freaking commissioners were not letting him make weight. Like, make this man make weight. You know what? You know what your job is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so where to next? Pan Am's is done. We uh, we won all the things, but it's you know Pan Am. Pan Am's is like less and less a proving ground for us now that Cuba is, especially in the the, the men's freestyle side is way, way down, comparatively speaking. Yeah. They they got so much mileage out of the same, like, real five or six guys. And now I'm really curious what the next generation of Cuban wrestling looks like. Is it going to be a formidable thing? Uh, because right now it doesn't look, doesn't look like uh, they're going to be bringing a ton of competition for our guys. We won a bunch yeah. of the weights. Uh, I think Joey probably had the toughest bracket with Destrobats. And uh, Sebastian Rivera, um, I think he had the move of the of the oh tournament gosh. against Destrobats. Did you see this? I did not see this. I was going right. to bring up your guy Joey Silva. He, he was <laughs> he's right there. Senior national team member. He made the finals against uh, Dayton Fix, just like you know many others have. So did they have been at Super Thirty Two or something? I feel like they have wrestled. I feel like they've wrestled also. Yeah. Uh yeah, I agree with you. Let me find um, let, let me find no, this show, me this, show thing. me this move. I want to see it. Yeah, I'll pull it up. McKenna. It's so it's crazy. I mean, he he picked him up like two kids stacked on top of each oh, other. Oh, I know. I did see this. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw it. He was between his legs. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I him coming yeah, up was, here. I'm wild. I'm about to get it to Tyler T Bone here. Six fifty. All right. I don't know why I don't know why Destrobat stayed loaded on him. Like as, uh, we were just talking about this last week with, with some of the guys I was coaching about. Like when someone picks you up in a double, you don't freaking stay on their shoulder. You fall off. Like why are you trying to get spiked? That's what that's <laughs> what I said. Um, Tyler, I put it in the dock. It, go to like seven minutes in there if you want to pull it in. But yeah, it, Destrobat's got a kind of a I won't say a cheap four, but kind of a cheap four on McKenna that made it sort of interesting. But McKenna really dominated it. Yeah, this is it. So you can pull it in. But I thought Joey looked he looked he looked good at a at a decent weight class here. 
So he gets in on the the single behind the head if you're not able to watch. And then maybe Ben, you should talk through it technically. Yeah, I, I mean he's trying to get attack to the leg and and just keep circling in there and kind of in that same position. And then like I said here, like I I don't know why he didn't fall down forward. It would have been pretty easy. Uh and he gets partied on. Yeah, I mean it was like uh it's like a piggyback ride or a chicken fight formation. Chicken fight formation. That's exactly right. Chicken fight. So this is this is an experienced chicken fighter. You do it for chicken fights. You do it if you're two yeah. kids trying to look like an adult. You get a you get a trench coat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why he stayed loaded on his shoulders. He should have just like tipped himself either sideways or forward, and he would have came off the shoulders and not got forward. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was a uh, one point match before that. Before that four. Um, yeah. I'm so, trying to find Joey Silva versus Dayton Fix, but I can't find it. But you want to hear this Walsh, Walsh Jesuit Iron Man 2016 bracket that he beat? Yeah. He beat Chumbly in the route in the in one of the early rounds, who's uh, pretty good at Northwestern. He beat Chris Cannon All American, then he beat Jordan Joey uh, Jordan Decatur, and then he lost to Spencer Lee. Pretty wow. solid bracket right there. That's that's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Man, the the Americans from representing other countries were uh, they were out in full force. We had all kinds of matches. We had a Thomas Gilman Darian Cruz rematch. Yeah, re re rematch. Obviously, Joey Silva was there. Seabass wrestled Joey McKenna, and then Franklin mm-hmm. Gomez, Kyle Dake, we saw for the first time. Um, yep. But the big one was Gwizdowski Desi. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So Gwiz has traditionally handled Desi. And yeah. now he, he lost to him here. Uh, it was a late Maybe. single leg in exposure. Yeah. De- Desi looked he, he looked all right at the root of Supermatch, nothing that I would have written home about and said, wow, this guy's a, he's a threat. Uh, but he looked good, good gas tank, uh, made uh, what's-his-name want to fall over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek White. Derek White, was that who it was? Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, man, I I can't believe that he got this reattack here. Um, it just Gwiz just kind of stopped after the shot, which is yeah. not like him. But then you know Gwiz was winning late, and then gives up the late late two, which was about as close an exposure. You know, it could it could have gone either way. But what makes me think it was probably two was the mat official. If you watch the match, or if you're watching right now on the, on your screen. Yeah. You'll see the mat official is right there in really good position, and he calls it. Um, so Quiz ends up kind of draped, and he no. kind of Desi sits through. Oh, that's two, for sure. Yeah, for sure two yeah. says Ben and the ref. But originally not called two on the mat is why I bring it up, and then they challenge, yeah. and uh, Desi's corner wins, and this is with like twelve seconds left. This does this make you doubt Quiz's ability to win the? You are not the US Open, the the spot for America for, for the world team because that, that no, there's obviously some, who's gonna no, beat him? No, not at all. Who's gonna beat him? Um, man, are Someone's none of the younger guys sure is Kirkley not wrestling or none of these other guys? No, I don't think Kirkley's not wrestling. Probably looking about at like Paris is not wrestling. Pa- Paris has looked, you know, and not great this year, yeah. I, I, probably yeah. the, the semifinal match is going to be Dom Bradley, like Dom, and then Hayden, and then Zilmer in the best three probably. I don't, I don't see, I don't 
who's going to beat him? And it's crazy to think yeah. about that, you know, a year ago we had Gable, Gwiz, Mason, Kirkfleet, and now it's going to be – we're going to come down a little bit in terms of uh, our depth. We're losing the Olympic champion and then um, some of our yeah. college talent not going to likely enter. So yeah. I I think – I think it'll be good. I'm not pick, I'm not picking against Gwiz here. Okay. Um, and I'll you know kind of give him. There were some, and I don't. I haven't heard the first thing about Gwiz dealing with this, but there were some some health issues uh, related to the you know just some stomach problems. I think with some of the guys on the team. Um, yeah. What happened? A little food poisoning. Party yeah. Hard just you know, it's Mexico. Something? You get the wrong thing. The wrong you know. It can be very uh, distressing, and I don't. I have no idea yeah. if that's what what he was dealing with, but um, you know, I'm. I don't think Wiz is that far removed from from his prime that he would be that he's going to routinely lose to Desi. So, not. I, yeah, I think he's still going to go. Okay. I, yeah, and I also the other thing is I, I don't know not to make excuses for Wiz because who knows, but it, it is odd because it's like out of you know <laughs> out of step with what we've seen in the past, but. Um, I heard Terry Steiner talking about on the women's side of things that there are a couple women that, that had down performances and, and he's like, man, he's like, this is, this is a little bit of a hard tournament to focus on, especially if you have the trials, if you, if you're not yeah. sitting in final X and you have the trials to go through, he's like, this is, that was what a lot of them were talking about. That's their focus was like, yep, get through this. You know, they, they just kind of thought, all right, win this tournament. And then, and then, uh, you got trials and <clears> we're going <throat> to really lock in for that. So I don't know, maybe, maybe some of that going on potentially. So we have to send a team to, to these events. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if if Pan Ams continues to kind of go down and down, do we just start sending just kind of whoever and not sending ones? Or I, I just I know there's I mean, Christian. It hasn't been that great of a tournament historically. I mean, what no, one good team? Hundred percent. Who else is challenged? Hundred percent. You're right. Okay. Um, JD asked Kyle Dake in his interview, like, what when you know that the field is not really comparable at all to what it'll be at worlds what do you what do you get out of it like what's the point mm-hmm. kind of and dake's like you know a lot of it is get down to weight go through the routine get like just get a get reps at all of the important ancillary pieces of competing that are you know a, apart from the actual opponents and there's some actual value there there especially for a lot of these ones i mean they're they don't they haven't had to compete in a, in a long time, so it's the first time to even just do that, feel the weight, all that stuff, and then yeah, I don't know, even still feel the nerves of competition, all those kinds of things. So I do think it is, um, I don't know, it's 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 got some benefits to these number ones. Yeah, um, I mean, they didn't always send their best team though, because in 2005 I got to go, um, and I actually <laughs> placed at the trials like fourth or fifth somewhere there, but like. My teammate Matt Pell went, and I don't even think he competed in the trials. They had Tom Clum go, uh, and I don't think he competed. They had Ron Tar- Tarquinio from Pitt. I don't think he competed in the trials. So I, I have no idea how they picked this team, but we showed up and we wrestled. Um, and obviously, most of our guys either took first or third because uh, the only good person was the Cuban. Right? How'd you so, do? Like, I beat my Cuban guy. It wasn't Yoel Romero. Um, that was the arrow. I, he just didn't show up for whatever reason. I, I don't remember who the Cuban was that I beat. Um, but then I had some bum from Puerto Rico or somewhere in the finals. This was 84? Um, at 84? 84. 84 kilograms, yeah. Heavy Chevy Ben. Yeah, and then Matt Powell lost to, Matt Powell actually lost to Fandora at 74. <laughs> um, 
Cole Conrad wrestled someone good, actually, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, there was, but it was just kind of a random selection of athletes. I have no idea how they picked them. Yeah, yeah. So that was Pan Am. I mean, I feel like uh, the nothing, to, you know, Zane missed uh, the match because he, he was not feeling well, just dealing with illness, uh, kind of sim- similar thing. But Kyle, Jaden, Jordan, the, the usual suspects dominated, right, as as expected. Yeah. Um, Gomez, Dake was interesting in that the opening hand fighting was like basically a fist fight early on. Why is, that, why is Randall Gomez over Everyone, fight okay, everybody? that's what I was going to ask. As soon as that know. started, I was like, why does everyone hate Franklin Gomez? <laughs> like, Jordan cannot stand Franklin Gomez. I got to get to the heart of this. I'm going to ask, at some point, I'm just going to be like, what is up with, why is no one like this guy? It's like, Franklin seems like the nicest dude. Yeah. Um, very soft-spoken. Just like, not the, not the guy you would expect to be, the, like, the Team USA villain. But, boy, do Jordan and, and Dake... Approach him a certain kind of way. Yeah. I think for Dake, Dake brought up uh, that he he didn't say Jordan Burrow's name, but he's like when he was talking to JD about Gomez, he's like, you know, he's he's good. There there are people. I mean, there are people who have had really close matches with Franklin Gomez in the past. So <laughs> he's like, I feel good about you know winding the gap because. Um, so I wonder if that was part of it. Like if Dake just wanted oh, yeah. to make a point, like make a statement. I'm JB was right here with him a couple years ago, and I'm way out ahead so I don't know who knows if that's who he was even referring to <laughs> yeah I mean a lot of people oh, have had close on. matches with he could be referring to the Dan Dennis matches previously those were close because so those were Maurice close Humphrey Jordan Oliver yeah I think he was referring to those it would, it would not be like Dick to refer to uh, something related to Jordan yeah no, was, that was definitely it and definitely what he meant okay um, I had a question maybe I'll just tee it up and uh, let Ben oh. think about it a little more. Um, this is a question from a friend that is me. Uh, so I watched this documentary with Caleb about Rick Ankiel, who I'm sure David knows about. This is a That's picture. A, that was a picture, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Listen, well, he, I believe did. I I think he played for the Cardinals while I was at Missouri, right? Or no? Yes. That's okay. that is what happened. Okay. Um. Okay, wow. So this 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 really has legs, but okay. <laughs> um, so this guy, he's the superstar prospect coming out. He's like he gets fast tracked through all the minors because he's so good, dominant left-handed pitcher. He's like gonna win the rookie of the year. Um, he's starting in the in the playoffs. I think it was this NLCS or or something like that. And all of a sudden, this guy cannot throw strikes anymore. He is just like throwing. He threw five wild pitches in a game, which is, I think they said it hadn't happened in 100 years. And all of a sudden, so he had what in, they call in baseball and maybe in other sports, but like the yips. And basically yep, yep. Some, some mental hurdle he could not get over. And it's actually an amazing story because it, after he, att- he attempts to come back several years and he just cannot get it right. He cannot, be, he cannot pitch anymore. So then he becomes an outfielder and he's like has a long successful career as an outfielder and he has like some of the most incredible you should watch Caleb and I afterwards watched him just like gunning dudes down from the outfield just like lasers all the way in and like throwing guys out at home and third and it's really it's it's <laughs> pretty inspiring cuz he overcame and like really adapted and had a second second act. But anyway, all that to say is Okay, yips are, are something that happened in sports. It happens in baseball. Chuck Knobloch was a famous second baseman. He suddenly could not throw to second base. 
And my question is, can you get yips in wrestling, Ben? And how do you think it would rear itself? Or if it if it's happened, how have we seen it rear itself? That's a good question. Um, man, I feel like that's like such a specific movement, you know, pitching a baseball or throwing mm-hmm. to a base. Um, man, it, it does perplex me that people can't get over it, especially with the help of, you know, coaches or sports psychologists. Because at this level, at high school level, they're probably not getting help from a sports psychologist, or whatever, but at this guy's level, he's getting help from freaking everyone. Yes, and like, he did. Tried to try to conquer this. And um, yeah, I, don't, I think in wrestling, it's a little different because, you know, if there's obviously like days where there may, maybe you're sick or maybe the weight cut wasn't good or maybe you ate something bad and you're just not feeling like yourself, but like you can still like grind through it, you know, like maybe you don't look great, but you can still do a lot of the things. And some of the things are in wrestling are really timing uh, specific and motion specific, like getting into leg attacks. But like a lot of things aren't like, you know, squeezing a gut wrench or grinding someone on top or that, that type of stuff is not, you know, there is a timing basis to it, but it's not as narrow as a leg attack or something. So yeah. I don't think so. I don't know. I, I can't think of anyone I've known that's had an issue like this. Yeah, I don't know. Because there's obviously obviously the yips are like it's a mental thing, right? Mental and we hurt, obviously yeah. uh-huh. know that there are wrestlers that struggle with the mental side of competing, yes. performance anxiety. We see the guys that you know they're not in bad shape, but then they they have this like they gas out at the end of matches, sort of yeah. seemingly inexplicably, and you think it's probably nerve related more more so than tank related, um, which I think yeah. is probably the the main example of it if it even exists in wrestling but I, well yeah so i mean I, I feel like that's something different because, i do too yeah because like the yips is a, a specific uh you know motor skill throwing a ball to a base or a home plate um yeah i i, just, I feel as though it's like it's it, there's nothing really super similar in wrestling yeah i think when people think about something like the yips they would they would probably look to people who who have a, a consistent performance one way during like a regular season and then and then it's oh, not a, it's not that way when you get to the postseason um and you see that from time to time the yips are the yips are different because mm-hmm. because it's like I, like every game is is a really big stage yes. every opponent is an extremely high level opponent in wrestling like just almost no matter what you're gonna have some matches against inferior opponents and and uh but there are i mean there are guys that i think historically you've seen like during the regular season they seem to wrestle a certain type of way and then in the postseason it's just it's just a little different Um, yeah so i don't know that's one one area maybe it's interesting like one point he like uh when he first starts to come back he like starts drinking vodka and he has like one good start and his sports psychologist is like He's talking to his sports psychologist. He's like, "Hey, man, I did this. I had to do it." He's like, "All right, do what you got to do. Just know that's not real, and that's yeah. not going to last." And literally, the next time he just he did terrible. So <laughs> it wasn't the. It turns out it wasn't the vodka. The vodka apparently wow. is not a, a secret solution to solving problems. Okay, but um, anyway, I thought that was that was an interesting thing, interesting story. Um, check it. It was on. It's on YouTube. The whole documentary. If you. Type in like Rick Ankale documentary. It's it's good. Good story. 
Um, Type in the Rick and Keel documentary. Report all the ads as as uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so Caleb, yeah, I don't know if I've said it, but Caleb watches YouTube, um, a lot of baseball videos, and he just reports every commercial as like uh, inappropriate or repetitive. And then uh, like it's like he thinks that's his way of getting around commercials. It's like kids these days. It's only the, the, he skips the five second commercials, mind you. <laughs> like he can't wait. He can't be troubled five seconds. Okay, you can't inappropriate. waste time. Waste of time. All right. Next, uh, let's get to some questions from friends. Um, first question, Pan Am's questions. Why didn't Helen wrestle? How serious is Kayla's injury? Is the Greco team finished a sign of progress? Helen not wrestling? Um, I don't know. I just think probably just didn't want to wrestle at Pan Am's. Yeah. Um, Kayla sounds like she said not a serious injury, totally precautionary. She'll be ready to go. Yep. She said that in an interview. She's, she's, you know, little, little tweak. They wanted to be careful, and you know, so held her out. I don't think uh, that it's a sign of progress for Greco necessarily. Um, we'll see. I, I'm. It's it's been a long time, so I don't know. Yeah, it was the the field was a little down. Um, like I, Sam Jones had one match. There's two people in the finals. That was it. Um, That's and, wild. Yeah, it was. Wow. His match was fun. He completely ended somebody's life. Yeah, but, um, it was, it was, he's wild. But yeah, it's just uh, no. I, I, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we will see signs of progress. But this, it's hard to make anything of this. Yes. Do I think Dake should have been called for passivity in the finals? Not really. He was scoring no. points. He was on the attack. I thought it was sort of strange. Totally didn't impact anything. But I didn't think it. He should have gone on the clock there. But I think we saw some interesting calls throughout the weekend at Pan Ams. Okay, Matt Courtney. Could Ben possibly be responsible for America's first medal at 65? Uh, meaning Keegan O'Toole wins NCAAs at an Askren product. That brings Kendrick Maple out of retirement. Maple Damn. wins Final X, brings home the medal. Did you do this, Ben? If that happens, did I, you do it? Let's go. Let's do it. I love it. Would you, would you – I think, yeah, you should ha have a – I don't know if you have, like, a, a wall of champions at AWA or anything like that, but I think Kendrick Maple should get some consideration if he does this. Yeah. Put him, up, put him on the board. Put him on the board. Um, okay. Uh, wasn't it <laughs> nice to have two awesome weekends full of wrestling and not have to talk about insta-death? Can we all finally no. admit that freestyle really is just that much more exciting than folk style? Yeah, you don't see the insta-death situation too often. No. And and you don't. Uh, yeah. There's not many trapdoor matches either. No, and like there are not. There are very few matches that are one-one passivities. Like there's, it just tends to be more scoring. Yeah, I I love them both. I don't I I don't feel the need to argue or have them compete. These are like my these are like my offspring, Christian. That you have multiple children. Do you yes. ever say like, well, Caleb's better than Natalie because of this, or Natalie's better than Caleb because of that? It's just not, nah, you just love them both. Like, yeah. listen, I love folk style and I love freestyle. No one can't tell me that I have to pick a favorite. No one can't tell me that I can't love them both. I love them both. I love, in, uh, I need to institute InstaDeath. I'm going to do the Ben Askin Wrestling Championships with InstaDeath. Yeah. It's funny you bring up having favorite children because Here some. Break, breaking news. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me tell you breaking about mine. Breaking news. Christian no. Files is a favorite child. <laughs> I was probably the favorite son of my parents, but I have no favorites. Um. Just kidding. Um, Ryan was probably the favorite. But what I was saying, 
<laughs> I was saying like uh, that I didn't, I obviously don't have any favorite children. And this person, not a mother, uh, has no children. It's like, oh, you have to have a favorite. Everyone has a favorite. I was like, I was like what? I was like, no, that's psychotic, actually. It's like, no, I don't have a freaking favorite kid. It's like, all right, you need to have a kid, and you I don't. think you'll understand. You it's don't. like, no, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly even think that way. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's how the... I feel about the wrestling styles, except Greco. F Greco. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, right. I, people get mad at me for this. Uh, you know, I don't mind upper body attacks. They're cool and all. But senior level Greco, uh, listen, those guys should pursue their goals. If they love it, if that's what you love, then that's what you love. But it doesn't mean I should have to be a huge fan of it. Um, and people get mad about that. But I don't see the issue. It's like when I was wrestling, I want to be a great wrestler because I want to be a great wrestler. I didn't really care that there was minimal fanfare attached to it compared to some other sports. It just didn't matter to me. And that's how I think they should feel about it. Won't, won't argue with you there. Okay. All right, this guy's got a question for J.D. Raider, but I can answer it. Um, at the U.S. Open, I gave him a club wrestling T-shirt. When asked what size he needed, his response was large. Christian Piles, please check his tag on his shirt and see if this is true. More like a youth large. Team of hard knocks. <laughs> Listen, J.D. Uh, wears giant shirts. He wears, he'll wear an XL. He he'll does. go to XL. I don't know. He just likes giant shirts that come down past his elbows. That's his, that's his style. You should see some of the outfits this guy wears to work. He looks like, he looks like forty percent homeless at all times, but it's also like cool. So I don't know. homeless chic, you know. Homeless chic, yes. Um, okay, um, I think we've done the homeless show. Chic. I think we've done the show. show. Um, fun show, fun to be back. We will be back tomorrow, no doubt about it. JD might be back. He might. I, he could Maybe. be absconded. It could be another absconded situation. But we hope he's back. And if not, we'll figure we'll still have the show. Doesn't matter. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. Lots of good stuff coming up. Lots of Wool Team Trials content coming at you. Stay tuned for that. See ya. Have a good day, guys. Goodbye.